So my name is Jacqueline Snape. I'm the executive pastor here at New Life. And so I want to welcome those of you that are watching us online, as well as those of you in the room. We're on an Advent series called The Light That Overcomes. And today we're going to be talking about the light that overcomes separation. The light that overcomes separation. So our scripture is from Matthew, the first chapter. Um, we're going to start at the 18th verse and go down to 21 and then 24. So you can follow along on the screen as well. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And then verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gift of gathering, the gift of community. We pray, Lord, that as we hear and receive this word together, that you will encourage, that you will uplift Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit would have to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you know, a lot of people are familiar with this passage. It's very well known, um, whether you've been a Christian for a short amount of time or a long amount of time. And in fact, people that are not Christians are familiar with this. Why? Because it is a scripture that talks about miracles, and don't we all love a good miracle? So we talk about the miracle of the, of the virgin birth, and then we talk about the miracle of the angels speaking to Joseph. But today, I want to take your attention to what I believe is a third miracle that doesn't get as much attention in this passage. You see, Joseph, in this story, he's at a crossroads. He has gone through this period of his life, and he is hitting an obstacle that he never encountered. And he has two options. He can stay connected to Mary, or he can separate. Two options. He can stay connected to her, or he can separate. And I know there's the, you know, the angel is coming in with a word, but I want us to just stop for a minute at Joseph's moment of decision, and we want to join him in that. So if you look at the scripture really closely, it says he had in mind, so he had something, he had a theory in his mind to divorce her quietly, but then look at this piece, he considers. And I thought about that word considers, it's like ruminating, right? So Joseph is sitting there and he's kind of ruminating over this situation and thinking about it. Now we don't know if that consideration took five minutes, we don't know if it took an hour, we don't know, the scripture doesn't tell us. But what I do know is that during that time, Joseph began to have anxiety. Why? Because this is a very stressful situation. And so now the pull of separation in this moment, the pull is becoming really, really strong. Now, before you say, well, you know, I, this doesn't have anything to do with me, I want you to think over the last year. Who have you thought about separating from? Let me rephrase it. Who have you said to yourself, I'm just done. I've had enough of blank. 
I'm moving on, right? It's actually not that uncommon. In 2020, Scientific American did a survey of college students and grad students on the Northeast uh, coastline, and they found that 17% of these students experienced some sort of separation from a family member, typically the father. And then when they looked at the older adults, they found the number to be about 12%. 12% of older people had separation from one or more children. Now, most social scientists will tell you that they believe that this is totally just undercounted under because it, it depends on people saying and telling the truth. And it's a very shameful thing to share. But I don't think it's really that much of a stretch to believe the numbers are much higher. You know why? Just check out your social media. Go back and check your email. How many times do you see unfriend? Do you send somebody's email to the trash, right? How many times do you just write people off? Churches cut off from churches, denominations cut off from churches, parents cut off from children because they marry people they don't like, children cut off from their parents because they, they, they're just too controlling. Everybody's cutting everybody off all over the place. It's not uncommon at all. It has become the norm. It's become the way we do business. I think it just seems like staying connected, it just takes too much effort. You know, like I'm tired, I have so much on my plate, I don't need to put all this energy into staying connected with you, when I could just cut you off and move on. Life will be good, as long as you're not with me. It'll be perfect. <laughs> so Joseph, now back to our story, Joseph is in this place, right? He's got this betrothal to marry, the gifts have been exchanged, the wedding date is set, everything is going forward, and then this bomb, this bomb gets dropped in their laps. I love the way the voice version puts it because they get really descriptive about it, okay? It says, this is remarkable, Mary's pregnancy, because Mary has never had sex. She and Joseph have not even spent that much time together, but their pledge to each other and their wedding feast has been planned. She's never even kissed a man. She's a virgin, yet she is pregnant. Miraculous. You know that's not the word you would use. On the other hand, Joseph suspects that Mary, he suspects, he suspects that Mary has cheated on him and had sex with another man. Stop judging him. You would think the same thing. He knows he will have to break their engagement, but he decides to do this quietly. Now, if you were Joseph, these are the facts you have, would you connect, stay with her, or would you separate? You're in church, gotta tell the truth. Would you stay connected to her or would you separate? A few years ago, um, my aunt and my uncle, we were, uh, they were, my father was settling their mother's estate and he was the executor. And so my aunt and uncle decided that they didn't like the way things were going and they sued my father. Very difficult drama, very difficult process. He got sick unexpectedly at the end of this and he died. And so what happened is, in my mind, I took this stress that came from the lawsuit, and I took his death, and I began to merge them. And the stress caused his death. And since they caused the stress, they caused his death. 
Now, it may be illogical to some of you, but that's exactly how my mind worked. And I told myself, these people, you know what? I always knew it. These Delaney's are not to be trusted. I'm done. I'm done. I'm choosing to walk away. It really wasn't that hard. I wish I could say it was, but it wasn't. My family is really good at separating. We can cut you off and not even think about you twice. We just move on. My mother, her two parents, left her when she was a small child, never looked back. On my father's side, my grandfather made a righteous decision, something that one would approve of, but his brothers didn't like it, and they separated from him and never, ever spoke to him again. So you could say that for me, it feels like this is kind of normal how you do things. This is in the DNA. But I began to think about it, though, and I wondered why is there such a gravitational pull to separate? Why does it seem so easy and natural to just cut and move on? Why is that? And I began to think that I believe it comes from the beginning. It's our human story. When Adam and Eve were in the garden and they made an unwise choice, what did they choose to do? They separated instantly from God. They hid from him. And then they began to separate from each other by blaming pointing figures. Correct? That's what we have learned to do. It's in our DNA. It's in our process. And once we separate like that, the shame just continues to rotate and it continues to infest everything that we do. And I think we choose this separation because there's a, there's a story that goes behind it. If I separate from you, I'm going to have peace, I'm going to have safety, I'm going to have security, I won't get hurt. You cannot hurt me if I separate from you. Now, there are, there are places where you can have healthy separation as well as this unhealthy separation. Unhealthy separation is like you find yourself in a cruise ship and you see a rubber raft, it's a raging storm, but you say, I don't care if I'm on the 12th deck, I'm going to jump, and I'm going to jump into this rubber raft because staying on the cruise ship will kill me. That's what you think. And so you jump. And that's unhealthy separation. We jump because we just can't stand the tension of being in relationship with each other. But the problem is that separation, it limits us. It limits us because when we separate, we don't give God a chance to come in, to heal, to bring newness, to bring something out of nothing, to bring life out of death, which is what he specializes in. In healthy separation, I recognize that I'm a child of God and you're a child of God. I recognize that I have my own principles, my own values, my own beliefs. You have your own principles, values, and beliefs. I don't need to marginalize you. I don't need to cut, cut you off, and I don't need to fix you. So I can stay connected to you. For those of you who are the parents, this is your main job. I know, newsflash, just, you know, just hear me out. Your main job is to create healthy separation with your child. Your goal is that when they become adults, you will be able to have disagreements, 
normal, healthy disagreements. You'll be respectful. You'll be able to, your relationship will become like a rubber band. It will expand. And you'll both grow as you learn new perspectives, hear from each other. Your life in God actually grows. Your heart grows and you become more expansive for those around you. And I don't think that there's a no, I I don't think there's, um, that it's coincidence that Matthew starts his gospel with this genealogy that he does. You know why? Because I think he wants to point out a couple of things here. Family is a mess. Everybody's family is a mess. I know, yours is not. I get it, I get it. But just pretend the rest of us, like our families are a mess, okay? Families have a lot of stuff going on. But you know what the genealogy also shows you? is that God through this is faithful. He doesn't cut this family line off because there's difficulty. He doesn't cut this family line off because everybody's not perfect. He's not interested in our performance. He stays connected to us no matter what. Father Gary uh, Castor, he puts it this way in his book, Joseph, the Man Who Raised Jesus. He says, Matthew's gospel is meant to be understood within the framework of covenant. Joseph's life has been rooted in an adherence to the commandments, ordinances, and decrees of God even before an angel visits him in a dream. This enables him to both understand and accept everything that the angel tells him. So listen, the miracle is not that God sent an angel to talk to to Joseph. That's not the miracle. The miracle is that in the midst of this tension, in the midst of this chaos, in the midst of all of this swirling anxiety, Joseph manages to hold one moment, one space open so that God can come in and God can meet him. Now you might think, oh, you know what? So what, he still, the angel still came. Have you ever been waiting desperately for an answer to something? I mean desperately. Some of you are you're applying to colleges, you're looking for early decisions, you're waiting for every email, you're waiting for a phone call, you're waiting for snail mail, which you're never gonna get, but you can wait for it anyway. You're just waiting. Some of you have applied to jobs. I mean a job you need. You're waiting to hear, do I even get an interview? I need to check every day, I can't miss the interview. Some are waiting for housing. Some are waiting to hear from the doctor to say that test is negative and you're gonna be fine. You're telling me those moments don't creep by? I don't care who's coming to talk to you, you need to hear that answer and every moment Every minute, every hour feels like forever. One of my favorite um, Christmas stories that I love to watch around this time, it's really cheesy, but it's true, is a movie called The Christmas Story. So it's about this little kid, Ralphie, and he just gets so excited because he's waiting for Christmas because he wants this one gift. And I love this story because it reminds me of what it was like to be a child and just be excited to wait. I was excited to wait. I wanted that whatever it was going to be, but I was excited to wait. But unfortunately, that's really not how it is for us right now, is it? We're not always excited to wait. 
because we don't know what's coming at the end of that waiting. The scripture doesn't tell us how long Joseph had to wait. It doesn't give us any indication. But I will say this. I imagine in his mind as he's considering, these are some of the thoughts. Oh, man, what am I going to do? How am I going to make this work out so that I don't look bad, she doesn't look bad, my family doesn't look bad, the community doesn't look bad. Uh, do I have to leave? Do I have to run? Do I go someplace else? What should I do? How do I work? The and wait a minute, now I'm thinking, why am I doing, she's the one, she messed up, why do I have to figure this out? Why is God letting this happen to me? I'm the righteous one. I'm the righteous one. Why is all of this happening to me? Maybe if I cut her off now, quietly, if I separate from her now, quietly, maybe it'll all blow over. Ever had those kind of thoughts? Everybody will forget. It'll just go away, right? He's stuck. But he thinks he has a good way out. Joseph is a man with a plan. So Anne Lamott describes this kind of thinking this way in her book, Almost Everything. She says, when we are stuck in our convictions and personas, we enter into the disease of having good ideas and being right. She said, my Jesuit friend Tom used to say that he never noticed what he was feeling, only that he was right. We think we have a lock on truth. With our burnished surfaces and articulation, this rightness is so hot and steamy and exciting until the inevitable rug gets pulled out from under us. Then we get to see that we almost never know what is true, except what everybody else knows, that sometimes we're all really lonely and hollow and stripped down to our most naked human selves. You see, Joseph, it's true. He was a righteous man and he was honorable, but you know what he was also? He was wrong. He was wrong. He needed to be stripped down to his human self. He needed to be broken down because he needed to realize that this woman he wanted to separate from was actually sent by God to draw him closer to himself. This woman that he was separating from was sent to transform him forever. Mary wasn't just sent to deliver Jesus. Mary was sent to deliver Joseph. She changed his life forever. He became a man he would have never become under any other circumstances. So how about you? Who are you avoiding? Who are you avoiding? Who do you not want to see this Christmas? Who do you not want to see? There are some of you that don't want to see somebody in this room. And so you leave here, you try to figure out which door you're going to go out. Okay, maybe I can get through that door because they usually hang out over here. Maybe I could just kind of like scurry. They won't see me. You know it's true. That's why everybody's laughing, right? The pull, the pull is so hard. But we need to realize one thing. There are occasions, first of all, when separation is warranted. We're not talking about abusive situations. That's not what this is about. But I do want to challenge you to remember that God works in very, very mysterious ways. 
He works through messiness. He works through people that are incorrect. He works through people that make mistakes. We need to resist the pull to separate, of going our own ways. Because you know what? Your family's not perfect. That's okay. My family's not perfect. And I have more news for you. You're not perfect either. We have a God who chose to stay connected to us. He chose not to separate from us. He chose, no matter what our performance looked like, no matter what mistakes we've made, and he continues to give us that promise, he will stay connected to us no matter what. And I'm telling you, it's not easy. This is going to be hard. As soon as you make a plan and you start thinking about it, everything inside of you is going to resist it. I know, because I had to go back and create my own plan. And I decided I'm going to reconnect with my aunt. And I thought it through. I thought it through this way. I said, you know what? Maybe I was right. Maybe the stress did lead to my father's death. But you know what then? I said to myself, that would mean my aunt was a flawed person. It would mean she made a terrible mistake. But I chose that I am not going to be her judge and jury anymore. I couldn't do it. It was too much for me. I needed not only to support her and encourage her, I needed to save myself. I needed to save myself because when you connect and you don't separate, you allow the grace of God to come into your life and transform your life in ways that are unimaginable. Unimaginable. Archbishop Desmond Tutu, he says this, I love this phrase, he says, a person is a person because he recognizes others as persons. A person is a person because he recognizes others as persons. You know, another way to say that is that I'm a child of God because I recognize you're a child of God. So I don't cancel you. I don't separate from you just because you have weaknesses. You will fail. People will fail you. It is part of the fact that we are human beings. But moving towards my aunt has shown me God in a way that I could never have imagined. And it has given me a peace in knowing that in this small way, I felt like I was connecting with the life of Jesus. Just in this small way. Connecting and not separating is a miracle. It is a modern day miracle that you can experience Right now, right now, you do not have to wait. And it's a promised miracle because Jesus secured this miracle for you and me on the cross. It's available. All you have to do is step into it. My prayer for you today is that you will dedicate your life to finding ways to bridge these barriers, to connect, to determine that you will not separate but you will live the life that your Lord and Savior modeled for you. Let's close by saying this prayer of St. Francis together. If you wouldn't mind standing, I think this is a, a wonderful way to kind of solidify and give us, um, give us a shared commitment here.
It says, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it's in giving that we receive, and it's in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it's in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Amen. Let's sing this song in response together. Children weep no more Hope is on the horizon Weary world behold Your promised Messiah Angels let your song
Amen. Let's thank Pastor Jackie for leading us into scriptures this day. Such a timely message for our world, a timely message for our nation, a timely message for our families, a timely message for our individual lives. Let's have our prayer team come to my right. Uh, what the invitation is, and hearing this message twice a day, I needed it from my soul because I know how easy I can separate. I know how to avoid. I know how to take the back stairwell. I, I know it all. And yet the invitation for me is to remain connected and not have my separation be my automatic response. See, this is the, the, the what, what made Joseph, even though he was wrong, and I love that Jackie said he's righteous and he was wrong, but what I appreciated about Joseph, at least in this story, is that he thought about it. He pondered it. He said, okay, we got a bad situation here. Let me think about what should, I should do. The problem with us, we don't think about it. I don't like what you said, you're out of here. I don't like what you did, you're out of here. And so it's our automatic response that we don't give thought to any of our separation. It's just automatic. Advent is an opportunity to weigh our decisions. How, why are we separating? What is the anxiety that's beneath the surface? What is the invitation from the Lord? And in order to do this, we need prayer. We need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to do this. And the reason we need it is because there are at least two people in this room, two kinds of people in this room, two kinds of people watching online. And this is a great segue into receiving prayer. For some of you this year, maybe even recently, you have just been separating from people one after one, and it's been in an automatic way. You haven't been giving thought to your ways. It's just, I'm cutting you off and you off and you off and you off. And you can't do that automatically without also bringing about some kind of damage to your own soul. Because you were made for union, not just with God, but also with human beings. And if you walk around life cutting people off because of a comment they said, I mean, we cut off of the slightest things as well. You, you're, you're doing damage to your soul. That's one kind of person. You're cutting everybody off. But here's the other kind of person in this room watching online that your heart is heavy today. Maybe you've been cut off and someone has cut you off. And sometimes you don't even know why. You just realize the relationship isn't what it used to be. What happened to us? I don't even know what's going on and you're carrying the weight of grief. We want to pray for you. We recognize that we're either cutting off or being cut off. And wherever you are on the spectrum, we need healing. We need prayer. We need God's hand of life on us. And so our prayer team will be here for whatever need you have. We want to serve you along those lines. And if you came into church today and you are just burdened by the weights of just the pressures of this world, let us pray for you. At the end of our service, for those of you watching online or for those of you in this room that just want to engage in a conversation, one of our pastors will be leading a sermon discussion time. It's usually about 30 minutes. You can see the link on the website or on YouTube or on Facebook. Feel free to join us for a few minutes of conversation. In addition to that, I imagine some of you in this room 
and maybe watching online, you've never made a decision for Jesus Christ. You've never surrendered your life to Christ. And I want to invite you, maybe throughout the course of this week, God has been knocking on the door of your heart. And it is only now that you're realizing, oh, that's what I'm longing for. I'm longing for God. My heart is yearning for God's love. And if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, we want to give you an opportunity to do that, to receive his forgiveness, to receive everlasting life, to receive joy, peace, love, all the things your heart's long for. We want to serve you along those lines. And so you can come up for prayer if you're sensing the Lord calling you to himself, or you can text that phrase, yes to Jesus, to that number on the screen, 718-424-0122. Let us help you take the next step in your spiritual journey. As we close, let me invite you to open your hand towards heaven to receive a blessing. Pastor Jackie will be downstairs. I'll be downstairs. We'll love to connect with you. Uh, before you head out. And so we are called, brothers and sisters, to live a miraculous life. And the miracle in this story is this miracle of remaining connected. May the Lord give you humility. May the Lord give you courage that where you need to ask for forgiveness, you ask for forgiveness. May the Lord give you grace for those moments where you need to extend forgiveness, that the Lord will help you extend forgiveness. May the Lord help us to confess we don't have all the answers and we have blind spots and we are called to live in union. May the Lord lead us in all these ways this week. Brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and fill you with peace. May you walk out of this building and out of this online gathering in the power of the Holy Spirit, bearing witness to the reconciling power of the cross, the reconciling power of the gospel, the reconciling power of the Holy Spirit. May the Lord lead you in the way you should go. I bless you in the strong, in the beautiful, in the healing name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said... Amen. Grace and peace to you all.